BB for Holy Eight and Straight Black Pride, brothers and sisters. This is your brother, DC Radical One. And welcome to the Center Live. Even though I just played the intro that isn't for the Center Live, but hey, it is what it is. It's one of those days. Uh, let's see who we have in the building. You know what? Before I do that, let me go back. You can check us out on. You can check out on the Wake Up Radio and, and the Center on OTW Tube. That's OTW Tube. That's also on on the Wake Up Radio Also, can check us out on iTunes, Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart radio all right now that we have covered that although not very well let's see who we have in the building uh b and happy black august and happy straight black pride month to brother you got ripped off bb to brother elijah uh peace to micah uh bb straight black pride brother desaline Greetings and afternoon to Unique One Express. Uh, BB Forty Straight Black Pride to Sister Vanessa. Happy Straight Black Pride Month from Sister Misty to everyone. Peace and Straight Black Pride to Brother Crow. Um, <laughs> and Brother Hugh got ripped off. Says, "Oh, we're up to three hundred and seven subscribers. Welcome to all." especially the ops you know, brother malcolm x used to say uh greeting to the brothers and sisters as well as the enemies in the audience and greetings to our wonderful producer who i see is in the building and someone says banner please thank you so very much as you see I'm a little too discombobulated this afternoon. Um, we had a lot of things going on. Uh, I was recording some videos today, so I had to change banners and remove stuff. And as you see, everything is not quite where it's supposed to be. Um, and I'm sure some more people will come rolling in shortly. So first things first, first thing I want to do, actually, you know what? Let me add the story now. Let's put this up here now while I'm getting ready. So, uh, yeah, I have the banner up. Okay. First thing I want to do, let me make these announcements really quick. Um, of course, the seventh annual Straight Black Pride Convention is coming up on um, August 21st. That's Saturday. 2 p.m. Eastern Time at Everlasting Life Cafe. Everlasting Life Cafe is loaded, located at 9185 Central Avenue, Capitol Heights, Maryland, 20743. Uh, this is a paid event, and it will feature several speakers, including uh, Brother Michael Grays, uh, Baba Olatunji Mwaba, Brother Louis Ali, 
and of course the one and only brother Darren Muhammad and of course brother irritated genie will be there and I will be there as well also and if I can find the flyer for this it would help a lot uh brother genie is speaking tomorrow I believe at 6 p.m at everlasting life and he will be dealing with uh updating the um updating information about the ongoing and seemingly never-ending covid crisis so um that will be a chopping it up session on monday uh brother irritated genie will be giving a presentation and update on the covid situation and let's see if i can bring that up yep it says uh monday august 2nd covid vaccines coming for your children brother irritated gene that also will be at everlasting life cafe uh same address 9185 central avenue 20743 uh it's free for the live audience and ten dollars for live streaming on www.sbpmu.com so that's www.sbpmu.com. And brother, you got ripped off. Please remind me to put that in the um in the uh, description for this video cuz I'm not going to I'm not going to remember. Also, um I have a video loaded up that will um maybe I don't know, maybe I move it up during the day. I'm not sure. Um but I had it scheduled for 8 o'clock. And that video is dealing with the murder of our sister Denise Smith by um, the coward Patrick Byrne. And I don't know if you heard about this case. I made the video because I didn't think a lot of people would hear about it. This happened over on the West Coast in um, Tacoma, Washington, where uh, Army U.S. Army Ranger uh, brutally beat a black woman to death for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So I made a video about that. Want to get some that information out, and um, I plan to. Um, I know I say this a lot, but seriously, I plan to basically do a video a day during Black August, and see if the um, increase in content does correlate with an increase in subscribers. And so um, that is the plan I have couple of more videos in the queue as well about various subjects so with that being said and all of the announcements and if there's any other pertinent information y'all can put it in the chat i think i have everything covered that i want to cover starting off um we're going to talk about today the most greetings to lord bell um the most taboo topic in the black community and in in a way the most taboo topic in the world but it's more i believe it's more taboo in the black community um because i believe i've come to the understanding after studying this thing and trying to do work in this area and things like that i believe that this topic has affected so many people negatively and 
so many people know about it. And so many people have done things that are questionable and related to it. No one wants to talk about it. And so I've been saying for a while, I'm going to periodically talk about this. I'm going to periodically talk about it. I, and I have not. <laughs> I just haven't. You know, we've done all types of shows, videos, all this stuff, you know, um, some lectures, whatever. Have not talked about it. So this is what happened. And by the way, for those that don't know, I'm talking about sexual abuse in the black community, child sexual abuse in the black community. Let me specify. And what happened is that in the middle of the week, I didn't really uh, I didn't really have a topic at the time. I figured, you know, something will happen during the week and then I pick a topic and we go from there. Um, and then I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, let me. For a minute, I was like, oh, I haven't done any relationship shows. I said I was going to do a relationship show. And then I was like, I'm not feeling that right now. I'll do that next week because it's kind of late. You know, kind of get have to get people at least like three days in advance. And um, I was watching, <laughs> weirdly enough, I was watching YouTube. And a sister was on there. And she was a sister that was making a documentary about uh the zulu nation and the man known as africa bambada and the allegations against him and so for those that aren't familiar in i believe 2016 and we're going to draw bring up some some uh not some video but some art um, excuse me articles in 2016 um i believe that was the year it came to light that uh the man known as Africa Bambaba, because I, I actually do not know his real name. Uh, and I don't call him, I don't like to call him Africa Bambaba. Um, at one time we were calling him Greek Bambaba because it became apparent during the discussion about this incident, or excuse me, the, these incidents, that um, he was obviously a homosexual. Now, he didn't say it. But one of the things that everyone who seemed to know him and people were around him were saying was that, oh, everybody know Bam was homosexual. That like that was that was one of the things. But the issue that wasn't the issue. The issue was was he a pedophile? Bb folding straight black pride. Uh, Bb folding man. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that because that's what sparked this discussion. We're gonna talk about other things. Before that, obviously, but that sparked this discussion. So I watched the sister. Um, it was a sister named uh, Leela Wills. And she um, was doing going to do a documentary. Something happened. I don't know if it's financial. Nobody wanted to distribute. I, I'm not sure the whole thing, but she didn't get to put it together and, and make a documentary. So she decided to upload clips of it on YouTube right and when I saw it and I thought about it my first thought was did people not care about this because it was obvious it had been going on for for decades right like the the people who were um, making the accusations were basically my age 
the people who were around them who were older young men and uh, adults are people who some of them definitely have to be in their 60s and this stuff appears to be going on I mean from my understanding this stuff hasn't been going on since like the 80s so we're talking about well by now back then maybe 35 years now 40 years of covering up a mass <laughs> I mean if the accusations are true what amounts to like a mass pedophile ring that's been that's cloaked in the shape of a gang that's cloaked in the shape of a positive <laughs> uh, community organization that's cloaked in the shape of a subculture of music. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because a lot of people, well, not me, because that's not how I heard it, but I'm not from New York, but a lot of people look at Greek Bambada as like a godfather or the godfather of hip hop, however you want to say it. I never, that's not the, that wasn't the information that I was given. So I never looked at him that way. I'm not from New York. I never looked at him um, in a manner of reverence or anything like that. He was a guy that I had seen that did a song that was famous. And he did a video and he dressed weird. That's, that's just who he was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not from the Bronx, not from New York. I'm not, you know, whatever was going on there was just something that I wasn't privy to. And so when, uh, you know, when you, you see this thing and you start to hear it, and I saw it when I saw the, the uh, sister with the videos and she was talking and she was talking about what was going on. And she was showing the clips of the different brothers and these interviews, I believe most of these interviews were three or four years ago. It, it, it just reminded me of that whole thing and it just took me back. And the reason it took me back is for those who don't know is that when this first thing, this, this thing broke, what happened was that Brother Jenny was doing a lecture in New York around the time that it broke. He got with some other brothers. Um, uh, I know brother named Doggy Diamonds that's like a hip hop reporter. He had his own platform. He um he was one of the people. I don't know who the other people were. And they were like, hey, we need to do a press conference. Let's get all the black press. Let's get all the um, conscious press. Let's get the local black press in New York, especially together and have a press conference and, you know, address this issue. Call him to the carpet to answer to the charges. Right. And so Brother Jeannie had, had told us. He's like, hey, we're going back up to New York um, to do that and so forth. So on. So we took a small, small team. We took, uh, yeah, took a small team, about six of us, I think, um, up to New York. And I remember it because it, I think it, it was in May, but it was cold as I don't know what. Um, so I was not properly dressed. So I was freezing up there at first until it got, everybody gathered around and got started. And the thing that, the thing that was, interesting at the time was how like you had seen some of these uh locations 
um, on um, people's platforms uh, like um, Sonetta and and people like that. But then you see you see the places in person. You see how small they are, and you see how um, regular they are. You know, it's just it's just Harlem. You know, what I'm saying it's not no grandiose place, but they make it look fantastic the way they film it and present it and stuff like that. Um, and so we're out there. Um, a lot of brothers gathered together. Um, a lot of different groups. I mean, yeah. And I believe when Brother Jenny was interviewed, he talked about it. So you know, all, all a bunch of different groups, and a lot of people spoke. And when Brother Jeannie was speaking to, yeah, it was two two brothers from Zulu Nation stepped up, right, and stepped through the crowd. And it was obvious um, that he was like some thorough dude who, whose job it is to address Zulu Nation business, if you understand what I'm saying. And Brother Jeannie, you know, he looked at him. You know, because the brothers was coming up and they were saying that stuff wasn't true, blah, 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 blah. And Brother Je- brother Cheney just looked at him. He's like, brother, do you support pedophilia? You support sexual abuse of children? And the brother just stopped. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he stopped like a force field had been put in front of him. And his whole demeanor changed. He was like, oh, nah, nah, I ain't with no stuff like that. I got like eight, nine children. You know, something like it was like some large number. He's like, well, brother, that's what we here to address. And, and, you know, Janie, you know, broke it down to him and everything. And he just changed that brother's whole demeanor. Like he, all that anger and aggression that he came up with, would just, just dispersed. And um, them brothers, they, you know, they stepped back and they eventually uh, went off and did whatever they did. And we, I mean, we had all types of people that we had. We had Moors, we had uh, Rastafarians, we had, uh, 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 5% we had, um, you know, all of the people that were big in quote unquote conscious community, um, in New York at that time, because this was five years ago, kind of like toward the height of that. With the notable exception, exception, at least until the end of any members of the nation of Islam. I just say it's a notable exception. And, um, it was a, (laughs) it became, it became a notable exception because I believe that was a Saturday. I believe the next day on Sunday, the Nation of Islam addressed Brother Jeannie and Straight Black Pride directly um, in an aggressive tone from the rostrum in Chicago. We're still not sure why that is. Um, you know, we have speculation, but we're not sure why. You know, it could have been coincidence then, whatever. So, that is my tangential connection to that case. Then I would find out that Africa Bambada had some, well, excuse me, Greek Bambada had connections to uh, Malachi York, Dr. Malachi York. Um, uh, and Brother Crow says, Lance Taylor is a European Bambada's name. Okay. All right. Thank you. Lance Taylor. Um, so found out that he had connections to um Dwight York. And we'll get to Dwight York later. And then it's one, you know, it's one of those things where like people start saying, Well, you know, so and so's down with so and so. 
And then you're like, oh yeah, and you know so and so, you know, he was down with so and so. And then you started you start making connections and then things that are alleged, because all these things against uh Lance Taylor or Greek Rambrot or whatever we want to call them, all these things are alleged, right? Um, and the time for uh victims to make their case is upcoming, I believe, in like two weeks or so. Right. So you start seeing connections, and you're like, wait a minute, man, this is crazy. And then where you had doubt or you had no, you really had no opinion because you didn't have enough knowledge. Like that's where I was at first. I was like, man, I, I don't really know anything about this guy. But one thing I, you know, one thing I do know is that black men almost never, men in general were black men, almost never, you know, okay, there's an exception to every rule make false allegations about another man touching them. It just doesn't happen. I, it, you know, especially men who are, uh, who do not identify as homosexual. So, you know, there was that, there was that knowledge. There was the amount of people that were, um, that came out there were then there was that amount of people who were saying oh yeah well you know everybody knew bam was a homosexual like that like that was a standard line and you know it's so interesting because this is something that has swept across the country and, and you saying and this is someone who really hasn't been publicly seen like that in what at the time 25 years or whatever the case was so when you say everybody, like who's everybody, you know, who's everybody. And the thing about it was for me was that when you say everybody knew, for example, you say, oh, well, everybody knew Bam's homosexual. When you say that, well, if everybody knew he was a homosexual and at the same time, everybody knew that he had young boys around him in his house then did everyone i mean you see what i'm saying you see what i'm getting hit did no one make the connection that hey this guy <laughs> you know who everyone knows is homosexual also keeps a uh litany of underage boys in his presence <laughs> right they, i mean at some point, someone somewhere connected to this has to put two and two together. Because, because let, let's 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 put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say it was a guy who, let's say he was a straight male or heterosexual male, right? And if you say a heterosexual male, and when he's twenty one, he's dealing with girls at 16, 17, 18, right? Like, okay, you know, eh, whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's borderline, you don't really think about it. But if if he's 25 and he has the same um, age range of girls around him, you know, someone should be like, mm, I don't know about that. By the time he's 30, if his dating pool hasn't aged with him, but he's aged 10 years, without question, if it's a male, somebody's going to say something. But in this case, 
Nobody wanted to say anything. And Lord Bell says people knew what uh, Greek was doing. They just wanted to keep getting paid or to keep hip hop history clean. Well, they he they they keep hip hop history clean without question. We saw that with um, uh, Karis one. You know, <laughs> I mean, and I I get to that later. But what I wanted to do, you know, I didn't think that I would go as deep into that story. I wanted to look at, like, I can't even say the history, but a few of the ridiculous scandals um, as far as in America, in major institutions, major institutions, excuse me, um, in America. Um, and sister said Roxanne Shantae spoke on things of this nature. I have not seen that. Um, was that in a documentary or something, sister? Let me know. And really, you got ripped off. Said no one said anything about Prince with a sixteen-year-old either. Um, I don't even know about that. Uh, you got ripped off. Put some more information in that. Which, who was sixteen years years old when he was um with them? Cause. To be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I I had not heard that. Um, but first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look at this first article. Uh, and this first article, we can go back here. It says Boy Scouts reach eight hundred and fifty million dollar settlement with tens of thousands of sexual abuse victims. The settlement is the largest in a child sexual abuse case in United States history. Says tens of thousands of people who say they were sexually abused while scouts and filed suit against the Boy Scouts of America have reached an 850 million dollar settlement the largest in a child sexual abuse case in the in united states history more than eighty four thousand people are part of the lawsuit against the 110 year old organization which has been plagued with claims of abuse from volunteers and leaders since the 1960s the Boy Scouts of America filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last year as it faced mounting legal costs to defend itself against claims of sexual abuse against boys. Ken Rothweiler, an attorney at Eisenberg Rothweiler in Philadelphia, who represents the largest group of claimants, more than 16,800 people, says that this settlement is a start the insurance rights for the past 40 years will be put into a trust that the survivors groups will control and that could amount to billions more for the victims. I'm pleased that I'm pleased that both the BSA and their local councils have stepped up to be the first to compensate survivors. Rothweiler said in a statement Thursday, we will now negotiate with the insurers and sponsoring and chartering organizations who have billions of dollars in legal exposure of which a substantial portion is necessarily necessary 
to fairly compensate the survivors. Ralph Waller says the majority of his clients are in their 60s and 70s and the abuse happened when they were teens. As a former Boy Scout who is a sexual abuse survivor, I am gratified that the Boy Scouts are taking responsibility for the sexual abuse that occurred to me and others while we have had to live with for decades. That we have had to live with for decades, excuse me. One victim who is 65 and lives in the New York area said, this acknowledgement by the Boy Scouts will start the process of healing for many of us who have suffered. The Boy Scouts called the settlement a significant step. The reason I wanted to bring that up because um, I mean, that just goes to show um, how intrinsic within this society that pedophilia is. And um, okay, you got ripped off said his first wife. I'm not even sure. Okay, I would have to look at that because I'm not even sure, you know, the prince's whole uh array of women he was messing with. I would have to go back and look at that. But thanks for that info. Uh brother, you got ripped off. I would definitely check that out. And sister Micah says yes when she was doing her movie. Roxanne did a brief interview before her Netflix special. Her first child's father was a lot older than her. Remember, she had her first child at 14, 15. I did not know she had her first child at 14, 15. Okay, that didn't, um, I didn't know that. So, I mean, again, that goes right in line with what we're talking about here. Um, and as bad as Places like Baltimore and D.C. Um, have historically been with this. Obviously, New York uh, just was a cesspool of a lot of things. Um, and for those of you who don't remember, New York City was on the verge of bankruptcy and was close to a failed city in the 70s. Um, that's why they had some of those movies like Escape from New York and things like that. Uh, because it was based on the uh, um, the state of the city at that time. Um, you know, it's been cleaned up a lot, but <laughs> needs a lot more cleaning up. If you ever been there, um, the rolling problem is ridiculous. But anyway, so back to this. That was one um, one case that I wanted to just highlight just to show how vast this stuff is um next quickly ex-cardinal mccarrick charged with sexually assaulting teen former cardinal theodore mccarrick who was defrocked after a vatican investigation confirmed he had sexually molested adults as well as children has been charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy during a wedding reception in Massachusetts in 1974. So again, this stuff goes back to around the time I was born. The other stuff was with the Boy Scouts before I was born. That's how long this stuff has been going on. And again, I'm not young. McCarrick is the first Cardinal in the US 
to ever be criminally charged with a sexual abuse crime against a minor. Interesting. According to Mitchell Garabedian, a well-known lawyer for church sexual abuse survivors who is representing the man alleged, alleging the abuse by McCarrick. So if this person is a teenager and this happened in 1974, um, this person could possibly be what in their early 60s late 50s early 60s um it takes an enormous amount of courage for a sexual abuse victim to report having been sexually abused to investigators and proceed through the criminal process let the facts be presented the law applied and a fair verdict rendered mccarrick faces three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person over 14 Okay, that gives us a little clue. According to documents filed in the Denham District Court on Wednesday. We're going to stop right there. Um, now, you know what? My bad. Let me, let me put him back up. You got him back up. All right. So... And that is significant because he's the first um, criminally charged cardinal in the Catholic Church. And we know the Catholic Church has has had to pay out millions of dollars. The number of victims worldwide is, you know, the thousands. And I just wanted to show how, again, in the greater society, how much this is intrinsic within major institutions, major religious institutions, major uh, uh, children's organizations. And so Bob Baruti has a saying that you cannot swim in a sea of insanity and not get wet. And that sets the stage for the discussion about our community. Now, uh, let me see if I got this, this article up about Malachi York. For those who don't know, Malachi York was a religious leader in New York, Brooklyn, New York again just seemed to be a New York centric thing right now. Uh, who started a um, at the time an Islamic organization sometime in the late 60s, early 70s. The date I was given was 1969, and this is at the height of uh, the height of the Nation of Islam, the around the time that the five percenters came, uh, came into existence, the height of the black power movement when he started this organization. And from New York, they spread, um, from what my understanding primarily up and down the East Coast. They, um, I'm trying to think what name did, I, <laughs> did they have when I first saw them. They may have been calling themselves the Nubian Islamic Hebrews when I first saw them, um, you know, and 
the thing with what they were teaching was uh, what I noticed from that Dr. York who was doing was he was taking bits and pieces of a lot of different doctrines in order to attract a lot of different people. And he would take some historical documentation along with some ahistorical documentation, mix it together in such a way that it became very difficult to unravel, especially for, for younger people. And he attracted a lot of younger people at the time. So eventually um, they would go headquarters from um, well, New Orleans is, is was one of their names because they were before they were New Orleans, they were Nubian Islamic Hebrews. I'm talking about back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, eventually they moved to the headquarters to the Catskills and a brother that I had went to high school with. He he had moved up there. Then they were in Georgia. And that's when the police arrested him on multiple charges, including child sexual abuse charges. Now, I'll be honest, at the time I had not, I had heard some things, but I hadn't really heard some things um, re relating to that. I heard some things as far as like some weird sexual rituals and some stuff with uh, him uh, laying up with people's wives and, and stuff like that. So I heard that stuff way back, back in the, in the nineties. The, when they, when they arrested him and started talking about the sexual abuse stuff, I did not, had not heard those things. Um, he was convicted. So, and, you know, of course, there's some people proclaiming his innocence, but the preponderance of the evidence and things that I've heard from people who were part of that organization have led me to conclude that what they have accused him of and convicted him of is true. Now, I was not part of the organization. I was not there. So I would still say alleged. But the reality of the situation is that, again, we have a large black organization now uh, engaged in similar activity, not the same, but similar activity in the black community and not, and this was going on unabated, apparently, with no one having any qualms. And I'm sure, you know, the, the information came out about the community. I'm sure there were some, some justifications being made, but it is what it is. And we see the same, we saw the same pattern with Zulu Nation. And then come to find out that there was a connection between that uh, uh, Greek Bambada had met with and apparently was studying under the white York. So when we deal with sexual abuse in the black community, we're not just dealing with, and this is this is what we this is what we came to find out when we try to fight this thing. You're not just dealing with the sexual abuse that goes on um, with, let's say, a woman. She brings a man to her house. She's uh, she divorced or she had children out of wedlock. She brings a man into her house. 
the man is secretly interested more in her children than he is to her. We have a lot of that going on. It's been going on for a couple of generations. And it's that is um, that is one of the reasons why building strong, healthy families is so vital and important so that you're not put in a situation where you have to put your children in the hands of people you don't know. Um, there was a case I saw recently and I got, got to be able to find it where a sister had left her her baby, her baby son with her new boyfriend. So she had a baby, had had a baby that was less than a year old or about a year old by some other man. She had to go to work or whatever and had left that son with her new boyfriend and the new boyfriend ended up killing the baby. Sisters, I'm, I'm going to say this. I implore you that if you find yourself in this situation to be extremely cautious with introducing men to your children. If you want to go out and you, you know, you want to do adult things and you, you know, when engage in entertainment, please keep your children out of it and away from people you don't know until you know these people. Right? Because these things happen and predators are looking for these situations to in, insert themselves into and to do what they do. In addition to that, we have the in-family sexual abuse, right? We've all, we're all familiar with this stuff. And it's to the point where we have children um, who are now you have children who are preying on other children. Right? Now, I had a, uh, a brother that I was cool with and one of his um, one of his siblings had been um, attacked, but fortunately not violated. Well, not penetrated, let's say, by older and older child. This and uh, this was this was years ago, and the brother was so. I mean, he was so distraught when he heard. And um, his sibling was uh, didn't live in the same city and he was ready. You know, you you already know he was ready to. Uh, anyway, and, and the thing was, it was a, it was a child that did it. It was a I don't think I don't think the person was a teenager. And um, he was ready to do what needed to be done. And it was my boy, so I was, you know, just gonna ride with him. Like whatever, however he wanted to carry, it, we were just we were just gonna ride, you know. Um, but they they arrested uh, the person, and um, the courts dealt with him. But it, I mean, in situations like that, more more often than not, that person 
that child that is engaging in that behavior has been uh, victimized as well. Uh, Sister Micah says, I've gotten on so many, uh, so many of our sisters about this, bringing every man they deal with around their children. Yeah, sister, please keep, keep telling them and spread the word. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if them hearing it from brothers or sisters is more effective. Maybe they have to hear from both. And, uh, brother Desaline says, um, uh, Nuwabian still in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I've actually, I've seen, um, I've seen him at some, at some, at an event in Philly a couple of years ago before the uh, pandemic. And I mean, uh, anyway, cause I, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I've known people in the organization. I've known some people that were some good people and, you know, you get to cognitive dissonance. Then you get people who came after the fact and don't know what's, you know, what really happened. They just know the story that they've been given, things like that. So those things happen. But um, when Brother Janie did his, uh, when he did his uh, Predators and I Miss, which um, I'm sh- I'm not sure when he did that video. The video, he may have done that video in like 2008. I had to ask him, but it's, it's not new. If you if you can find that on on the internet on YouTube, if I can find it, I'll, I'll post it on my OTW OTW Tube account, uh, or I can get it from him and then post it on OTW Tube OTW Tube account. Um, that is a very good resource. It's a very good um, lecture on that issue. Um, yeah, well, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Islamic Hebrews, Nubian Islamic Hebrews, Nuwabians. Yeah, one of one of thirty five different names. Um, Brother Gene did an excellent. That was an excellent resource for people, and you know, I, I remember I was actually showing some people that in a study group I was a part of some years ago, and then come to find out without knowing that I think. Like it, two, three of the sisters that were in that study group were survivors of sexual abuse. And um, I don't think they told me till later. It was just one of those things that just came out. And uh, it was like, it was like, wow. Cause you was, you know, when someone just, when a sister, um, when she lets you know that, right? She brings that up. Um, it's very difficult as a man to know what to do other than to let them express themselves and say what happened. Um, but it you because you don't know because when something triggers them or something um, makes you know tell something for whatever reason, makes them want to tell you that. You're not sure that they've been triggered where they flash back to that event. Do they just want to vent? Do they just feel comfortable telling you? You're not 100% sure as a man what their mind state is. Even if you like really notice this, like, you still have to kind of observe and kind of see 
what she needs or just let her express what she needs from you from that. And it may be nothing, but just to listen. Right. Um, she may want to be comforted. She may just want to listen, you know, and you have to, um, you know, you just have to um, use your best intuition and try to communicate as clearly as possible and make her comfortable in that situation. Cause I've been in that situation, unfortunately, multiple times, you know, where sisters have told me that in, you know, actually, I think it's actually worse on the phone. Cause you can't do, you can't do anything. Um, you know, in person, you can at least try to give some comfort and console them. Um, and your first thought as a man after after shock and outrage is you want to find a person, you know. And you know, most sisters, they they're not gonna tell you who even if they know where the person is, they're not gonna tell you because if they know you, they know you're asking, not <laughs> I mean, you're not asking to be asked. And if they know you, they're, they're like, oh no. Nah. I don't, you know, sisters won't, sisters who have a, how can I put it? They want to protect the men around them from doing what they know the man wants to do because they know that man cares about them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You know, we're all adults here. And so, you know, when I look at, like, I look at our community, and uh, I remember Brother Jenny was saying that uh, I believe he said, like, at the time, according to his research, and forgive me if I'm like, I'm off with the numbers, but something to the effect of three out of five sisters had endured some type of sexual abuse. And I always said that if you if you move that up to college age with the amount of um rape and and just madness that goes on in college you probably talking about three out of four have endured some type of unwanted sexual um not even sexual unwanted sexual tension now excuse me let me let me a sexual violation um by the age that you would get out of college so 21 22. so when you see me, if you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and you know, sometimes brothers be like, man, it seems like you don't really be hard on the sisters. If it seems like I'm kind of easy on the sisters, this is one of the reasons why. It's not that I'm condoning the behavior that I see, because I see a lot of just out of pocket, ridiculous behavior from my sisters. But I understand that part of that, not all of it, but part of it is the amount of sexual abuse and sexual violation that our sisters have endured just in my lifetime. I've had uh, sisters I went to high school with tell me that, um, you know, they were violated. Sisters I went to college with. Um, sisters who uh, I was interested in courting. Um, 
sisters. I've had sisters who I dated that when I look back at their behavior and some of the things made me think, oh, like they, 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 they told me things and I didn't know enough to put two and two together to realize what I was looking at until after the fact. Um, and so, you know, when people ask, well, why do you care? Because it's greatly affected my life and it's something where it keeps coming up or for a while kept coming up over and over and over and over. And, you know, it just may be one of those things where when people see that that's something you care about, see there's something you're fighting against, they feel comfortable opening up to you. Um, But this plague is devastating our community from the inside out and destroying our community from the inside out. And there's a large, uh, it has fueled the feminism and the misandry um, and the gender divide way more than anyone seems to want to talk about. Anyone, right? That I see on the, you know, this internet, social media and stuff. Uh, sister says a lot of our people have been traumatized sexually, especially as children, way more than we think. We have a lot of sick people in our community. Absolutely, sister. Absolutely. And brother, you got ripped off says it's not a man's job to go hard against the sisters. Um, no, but you have to, I mean, when you see obviously detrimental behavior, it needs to be corrected. I try to do it in balance because we're still trying to get brothers, quote unquote, still trying to get dudes to put their pants up in the 21st century, trying to get men to wear pants on their waist. We're like, you can't even, you can't accomplish anything. You can't do that. We still fighting the N word, you know, Garvey was fighting the N word a hundred years ago. He was fighting us being called the N word by them. Now we're here fighting us, calling us the N word every single day. Right. So there's, a, I mean, there's, a, there's so much out of pocket behavior that I don't have enough breath in my body to sit here and point it out and correct it via this medium or any other, <laughs> right? I don't have enough energy left and can't get enough brothers together to go out across America and clean up the filth and, bar- and barbarity that has become standard black people behavior, whether it's by brothers or sisters. So you have, you have to pick your battles. Like things I see that just aren't addressed at all, those are things that I, I choose to address. No, this topic, no one wants to talk about it. Us calling each other the N-word and how it's not productive. Now that Brother Janie's not on, on, uh, on regularly, no one wants to talk about it. And because these are the topics that when you talk about it, everyone's going to give you pushback. I remember, um, I believe Dr. Collins said 
that we are addicted to the filth and degeneracy of the white man. And he said that over 20 years ago. There is, we are way more addicted to the filth and degeneracy of the white man than we were then. Um, and Sister Michael said, I just reported a video of a grown woman twerking on a male child yesterday. I see, I see that so much more than I ever thought. And it just makes me think that if that's, if that's what they, that's what's going on on video, then we know what's going on off video. Uh, and Brother Pro says we can trace the sexual assault or abuse back to slavery times when our oppressor buck broke us physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, indeed. Because the thing about it is that it's, it's very weird, and it may be one of those things where this is one of the things that they covered up most and we never dug into it. The European um until Baba Rudy and Brother Jenny started really digging into this history, the European history of rape as a weapon, we always saw as used against our women. We didn't make the connection between being used against men and being used against children, right? And the small hats, the small hats and the Arabs are complicit in, in all this stuff too. The Arab castration of boys. There's something wrong with you um, to do that. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's so much degeneracy with them. Um, I was telling people, and I don't know if I put this in a lecture or not. I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. Look up the concept of cabin boys, right? And what's deep is I remember watching, um, I believe it's the original roots. And in the original roots, right, there's a scene where the white captain has a young black boy in his cabin. And I'm like, oh, that's the cabin boy. And then I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This is pederasty. Cabin boys is a is an outgrowth of the Greek concept of pederasty grown man sexually violating a little boy because when when the um the european quote-unquote explorers right when they started exploring in the 14 15 1600s um they didn't take women and so they would usually take a couple of teenage boys and because some of the trips were so long, especially since they didn't really know where they were going, going, they, um, you know, they called explorers because they didn't know where they were going. And so they utilized the um, adolescent boys for sexual gratification on these month long and two month long trips that they were on. I mean, you look it up, it, it will, it will allude to it. It won't put you all the way there. You have to, connect dots this is part of european culture and then when they started to get a hold of us then they would continue the process they would just take our sons and violate them as well as our daughters this was on the ship and sometimes before you got on the ship baba baruti's uh k buka lecture if you have a 
I don't know if he's going to do any more in person with everything's going on, but you get to you get to feel what our ancestors went through. So yeah, it goes it goes back to that and the history of rape that the European uses. That's that's just been their mo since we run into them, and they practice on each other in the cave, and they mastered it. But we've been greatly affected by it to the point where we are mastering violating each other. Where for years, men were violating little girls. Now it's almost like some get back or something. You see a lot of grown women doing a lot of inappropriate stuff on video with extremely young boys. We're not, we're not talking about like this stuff I see. These are little, I've seen little boys. I've seen babies, women twerking in front of, I mean, baby look like two years old or something. You know, four years old, five years old. Uh, maybe seven, eight year old little boys that look like they had a, a strip club or bachelor party. Like you don't really know what's going on because it's crazy. And so it's so crazy. You're not even like trying to notice the environment. All you see is there's a child, there's a woman who is virtually naked in front of the child, child putting the child's hands on her. And, you know, like this stuff would just be on the Internet. It's just there. So if that's happening, we already know what time it is. It's reached the point where people don't need, aren't even ashamed and aren't, aren't even hiding the savagery, degeneracy, and barbarity. And yet, with all this going on, when you start talking about sexual abuse in the black community, no one has anything to say. No one has anything to say. I remember when the whole bam, uh, Greek Bambada thing came out and uh, Karis won, right? Gotta talk about it. Was like, I mean, he was just saying some wild, nonsensical, ridiculous <laughs> madness that's like, bro, what? That, that don't have nothing to do with nothing. And he was talking about, you know, it's hip hop and blah 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 and this ain't got nothing to do hip-hop and blah 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 and you know bambada has done all this for hip-hop blah 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 and i i'm listening to him i'm like i I, at the time i was shocked like i remember um i remember um like listening to i think listening to to him talk because somebody put a video of me that he had a response to the stuff I think I was either at work or going to work or coming from work or whatever. And I and I was like, what? I was like, what? And then someone reminded me that, well, yeah. Remember his song. And I said, <sighs> so for those that don't know, um, Karis one said uh um had a song in maybe 
And the title of the song was 13 and good. I should have actually looked up the lyrics, but I wasn't thinking about it. But you can look up the lyrics. And the song, yeah, brother, brother Crow, brother Crow is on the same page, right? The song he talks about, uh, he he gives this scenario. Now we're supposed to, we've all assumed that we're supposed to think that this is a, a fictional scenario, a story, you know where he goes to the club and he meets this girl and he gets a drink and he takes her back home and he engages in relations with her and then she laughs and tells him that she's only 13. now i don't know how Karis one was when i when this song came out i don't know so i don't know actually know how old how old Karis one is i always thought he was older than me so he was definitely in his 20s if we um if he's older than me he's definitely in his 20s when the song came out because um you know so and then in that song and then the song gets the song was crazy the more i think about it so then in the song some type of way his uh the girl's father found him and then the girl's father wanted to make a deal with him to he could still see the girl if the father could sodomize Karis one and then Karis one fought the father and ran off he sat down and wrote this song one day like one day he just woke up and decided you know what man that you know this is crazy i'm gonna write this song about this <laughs> I mean, uh, y'all can look it up. And the and so when he was like, "Oh man, you know, blah 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 blah," I said, "You know what? That's why he made this song." Oh, he'd be fifty six. Oh, well, he way yeah, he's way older than me then. <laughs> yeah, he's so. If that's the case, he would have been when that song came out. He would have been probably his early thirties. Anyway. Um, yeah. Lord Bell says, I heard the song I knew Karis One was a weirdo. Right. And that boy tree says, Karis One said, after allegations. Well, yeah, there it is. So that's even crazier that you would be, let's say, uh, I don't know, 30, 31, 32, something like that, whatever. And you would make a song talking about you met a 13-year-old girl in the club. And you can't tell the difference. I mean, you know, club the dark, people drink. I find it extremely difficult that I <laughs> to believe that at 30, I couldn't recognize a 13-year-old when I saw her. I'm just saying. Like, I, I find it extremely difficult that you would look at somebody and wouldn't at least question hmm right and yeah i mean the whole when the more you think about it, the whole scenario is ridiculous so anyway it really if we being honest who besides a pedophile makes that song <laughs> you know i'm not accusing Harris when i'm just saying like 
regular people wouldn't make that song. That's all I'm saying. Grown men who are interested in grown women don't make that song. You don't. In fact, you don't because if you wanted to make a song against uh, pedophilia, you wouldn't call the song 13 and good. You wouldn't claim that you ran to a 13 year old and couldn't identify. Like none of this stuff would happen. And uh, Sister Micah says, anytime our people hang with people that don't look like us, they suspect. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why when people be like, you know, hey, man, why you don't like Jay-Z? I'm like, he hang with people that do spirit cooking, bro. Look up spirit cooking and then tell me, daddy, ain't something wrong here. Zoe Bell says, I was 18 and a 13-year-old girl was trying to holler. I declined because she looked like JLP. And I was 18. Karis one had no excuse. And uh, KW Don says he was 27 at the time the song was written. Well then. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, anyway. So, when you look at it within that context, his response to the article and the issue that is before us on the screen is not that difficult to understand. And one thing I've always said is that one of the reasons why so few people want to address the, the issue of sexual abuse is because so many people are either victims or survivors, excuse me, or they have done something of questionable um of questionable sexual nature uh like 20 year old men dealing with 15 year old girls um you know that those types of things um you know, people, you know, boys wrestling and some boy grabs another boy and, and the boy that was grabbed, not really sure what in the world is going on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things that happen in the community, even to with when people are children from other children. So, so much of that stuff is going on in our community that when you say it, everyone gets triggered and everyone wants to pull back and everybody is silent and everybody starts thinking about something that happened or they did or somebody in their family did or they heard about and then nobody wants to talk about it. That's where, that's what happens in our community. But the problem is, of course, if you don't talk about it, you can't do nothing to stop it. And if you can't do nothing to stop it and it continues, the insanity in the community continues. And no one asks when young men act out and want to shoot up and kill everybody. What's wrong with this young man? We always just say, oh, it's poverty, it's this or that. Now, sometimes it's not poverty. Sometimes it's sexual abuse. And sometimes it manifests as a person, a, a young man, wanting to prove his masculinity that he feel has been taken from him by being as ultra aggressive and violent as humanly possible. 
but we don't want to address the sexual abuse. So how are we going to address the manifestations of it? We were sisters running around that just don't want to put on any clothes. They don't got tattoos all over themselves. They're having sex with everybody in sight. We just looking at her like, man, what's wrong with her? But we never put together. Maybe the sister was violated. It's gotten to the point. Right. It's gotten to the point where standard or what we would call, quote unquote, uh, what some people would call, quote unquote, hood rat behavior. Or modern. Um, impoverished community, female behavior and. The uh, manifestation of sexual abuse have come so close that you can't tell the difference. The promiscuity oftentimes is the outgrowth of sexual abuse, right? The rebelliousness, the being loud and aggressive to protect yourself from further violation, all these things that we see that have become um, stereotypes about women are oftentimes manifestations of sexual abuse. Now they become so married and intermingled in black female culture that you can't separate the two. Tattoos all over your body. All of these things we see in our women, which like I said, now is just a standard thing. You see, you see sisters with tattoos all over them all the time, piercings and all of them all the time. Crazy hair colors all the time. All of that is the standard. I watched the Olympics last night. Like three sisters had uh I think two of the sisters had like wild colored weave that was running the uh running on track. You had a sister that was throwing a uh shot put that I mean she looked like some type of weird cartoon character she had green hair and purple hair big old gigantic sister because she's throwing an iron ball and it looked crazy i mean i told somebody i said this woman looks like uh 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 the joker's one of the joker's bodyguards or something and she had the olympics but this is like this is becoming the standard for of young women how they dress how they act and so we can't even tell the difference uh, brother, you got ripped off, says Prince met his first wife when she was 16. He was in his 30s, Mate. Okay, I remember her, but I didn't know she was that young. Mate Garcia, he legally adopted her, then married. He did the, the Woody Allen. That's what Woody Allen did. Woody Allen married his adopted daughter. I did not know that, brother. Thank you. Uh, brother uh, KW Don says, I'm in my mid-40s. I would not entertain anyone under 25. I can understand that. Um, brother Crow says in WA had a song, it, it don't matter, just don't bite it. I do remember that about a 14 year old girl doing sexual acts with a dog male. NWA had, had done more destruction to our community than um, we want to admit, all being spurred on by the small hat Jerry Heaven. And Sister Michael says, Facts I've known of our people molested in church, school, sports, you name it. And the music industry is a, just a prostitution and drug ring. And don't forget Hollywood. 
you know, the music industry in Hollywood is just a cesspool. And the thing about the, the thing about the music industry is now that the things that allegedly women did in Hollywood to get roles and things like that. Now men are doing to get contracts. Uh, as Dr. Collar would say, some of our young brothers are bending over and giving evil an opening. And then we wonder what's wrong with them. With all the weird colored hair and, you know, rapping at a hyper pace and all these high pitched voice dudes that I'd be hearing. I'm like, where's the, the masculinity, the, the base, the manhood? And uh, <laughs> Sister Micah said, Dr. Treatment suspect, remember the world class wrecking crew album cover. Of course, I remember it because if you didn't remember it, Easy E on Real Compton City G's put it up for you. <laughs> you know, just in case anyone forgot, he wanted to remind us. Yeah, I, you know, and, you know, not to go off on a tangent with Dre. But um, yeah, I I never did get a chance to edit that video, that Tupac video, where um, Suge Knight is talking about the riff between Dre and Pop, and that riff then based in Dre's uh, proclivity for uh, engaging with men. Allegedly, this is a, this is all allegations. This is all alleged. Unfortunately, two out of three people involved are dead, so we can't ask them. But um, I was going to put that in a video because the rainbow assault on Tupac's legacy. And I'm not a Tupac fan, but I know what he wasn't, you know, um, and I know what he wouldn't have advocated. So that's why I was going to do the video. But it's kind of hard to edit out. Uh, um, it's kind of hard to edit out um, Tupac cussing once he gets hyped in order to <laughs> make a video that can pass. <laughs> They could be put on YouTube, so I kind of tabled that one. I, I mean, I tried. I didn't have enough bleeps on my computer. You know, they're coming in such rapid su succession. I was just like, man. You know what? I I didn't even think about. It. I can. I I'll do that video and put it on. Just put it directly in OTW two. Y'all can see it there. And um. You got Rick Ross said you do know that Dre is a common gay nickname. No, I did not. <laughs> no, sir. I did not. Y'all got me all off track from laughing. You, know, you gotta bring try to bring some levity to this subject that is very um it's very it's very disturbing. And like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to do this show just because I've known so many sisters, man, that um, I don't have many brothers who have come to me, but I had a lot of sisters come to me. And man, it's so heartbreaking and disturbing. And, you know, really, when sister tell you this, all you want to do is really all you want to do really is comfort this sister and then call, call your boys and go find the dude and uh, talk to him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. And uh, 
K.W. Don says, Dre be funding a non-black woman for $3.6 million per year for life. Well, I mean, hey, don't even, you know, that, yeah, I know. I get on that another day. I mean, don't even get me started. He should have known what that was when he met her. From my understanding, she was uh, already divorced from an NBA athlete when he met her. So it is what it is. But when you um, mystified and mesmerized, but that which isn't you, these types of things happen. You know? Um, but yeah, yeah. Let me get away from Dr. Let me get away from Dr. Dre. But yeah, so back in, in 2016, we, um, yeah, I, I didn't finish that story. Anyway, going way back, my bad. After we went up to New York and they had a press conference and we all gathered and we had went somewhere to eat and, and talk and uh, politic and try to make some plans to, to uh, um, follow up on a press conference, right? You know, then I said, you know, the next day, Nation of Islam, they attack straight black pride for whatever reason. Then uh, Brother Genie and Brother uh, Tazariak of the um, uh, ISUPK, I believe. If I got the wrong organization, I apologize to the brother for years. But yeah, Brother uh, Tazariak, I believe Captain Tazariak at the time, I'm not sure about now, uh, ISUPK. Um, him and Jeannie did, uh, Brother Jeannie did a lecture together dealing with sexual abuse. They uh, rented a, I believe it was the Alhambra Ballroom in Harlem. And so I remember traveling to New York before they got in, spent the, new, spent the uh, weekend in New York, right? Man, I, I was looking forward to this. I'm like, man, this is going to be interesting. We're going to, uh, you know, build with these brothers, ISUPK. They have, they have some strong brothers there. Um, I had my issues with the uh, doctrine and things like that, but none of that mattered at this time. That's it. And that's the thing I want to point out is that at that time, in that space, none of that mattered. We didn't care about anybody's doctrine. We didn't care about their ideology. We didn't care about their, their, their religious uh, uh, organization or, any, you know, any of that stuff, right? Any of that stuff. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. We didn't care. We only cared about um, addressing the issue and building some momentum to stop sexual abuse in the black community. And so we got there. Now, mind you, brothers that's connected in New York along with ISUPK and others are spreading this information for like maybe two months. So I'm going up there and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, these people going to be mad people there and we're going to, you know, do this. Jenny going to do his thing. Got these brothers doing security. Got SBPM up there. You know what I'm saying? And man, this is going to be great. And see, we got brothers that's gonna come out and brother uh at the time brother hassan campbell came to the event i can't remember if he was supposed to speak um but i'm not even i can't i can't remember all the details but he was there i still got the picture of him brother gene 
Um, I don't think uh, Brother Ronald Savage, I don't think he came. He came to the press conference, but I don't think he came to this event. Um, Troy Terrain, a.k.a. Star, was there. He had helped break that story on his show. No, I'm not, not trying to name drop, but I'm just letting y'all know the people that were involved. Um, and so the event comes, and I'm like, I think I was running late, weirdly enough, even though I was already in New York. You know how it is. And I get there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at the facility, and it's a big, it's a like a, it's a, like a ballroom. It's a big ballroom. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is nice, man. It's a lot of space here. Okay. And some other people were there, and they were vending. And I'm like, all right, man, yeah, the crowd should be here any minute. And, you know, let me get ready and talk to the brother and see what, you know, what they need, what's going on. And, you know, check the brother Gene and, uh, you know, SBPM, so forth, so on. All right, cool. Y'all don't need me for nothing. I can relax. Now, these were the days when I could relax. Y'all, if you come to an SBPM event in the last three, four years, you know, you don't get to see me relax much. So I'm like, all right, sit down, chill, and talk to some people. And I'm waiting for the people to show up. And the event starts, and I'm waiting for the people to show up. And I think Brother Zariac spoke first, and I'm waiting for the people to show up. And Brother Genie speaks, and I'm still waiting for the people. Needless to say, very few, like the number of people that we expected, probably, a, man, probably 20% of what I expected to show up, showed up. Come to find out, that at the same at the same on the same day at the same time uh there was another event going on in harlem that some people that were at the press conference helped set up which means they knew that they were taken away from our uh, our event and at that point we realized how big an issue that was. And what we have come to realize since then is that in addition to the individual acts of sexual abuse that are being passed on general generationally in our community, there's organized efforts by people in high up places in the black community in general, right? even seeping into what at that time would have been called the conscious community. And that we were fighting something way bigger than we thought that was way more organized, that was able to sway people or to cajole people or to pay people or to threaten people. And sometimes all of the above to not join the fight against sexual abuse in the black community. And Sister Vanessa says, y'all can read it. Again, I was there. I saw, I saw this stuff play out and I'm like, what in the world is going on? We were so disappointed because you had to understand at this time when uh, brother Hassan Campbell came out. We didn't realize that he was putting himself in real danger 
Come to find out later on, people would, would that um like TZ Islam who end up getting murdered, were leaving New York. Other people were um you know, even some people had been shot. All types of stuff was happening around this because after Bambada, Greek Bambada had a lot of sway and he had a lot of people behind him and he had a lot of soldiers. And he was, you know, it wasn't just them involved in this thing trying to derail what we were doing. But that was enough. I mean, that was enough. It were, there were other people who shall not be named because I can't prove it. But it appeared like they had stake in this and derailing what looked like a unified front against child sexual abuse in the black community, starting with people who would be in the quote unquote conscious community. Um, Lord Rev, to be completely honest, I never known what his problem was. A lot of times what happens is that people have a problem with you because what you're addressing is something that involves them. Now, SBPM addresses a lot of stuff, so I don't know which one it is. Or there's a fear that if people get with um, what Brother Jenny was promoting and the straight black pride is aesthetic, it would take away from what other people were doing and take money out of their pocket. Because one thing about Brother Jenny, he's serious about this. This is all he does. Like he's race first all the time. He's against pedophilia all the time. He's against homophilia all the time. He doesn't take, you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't take any time off. Like he's thinking about how can I save black people every day? If you see him drinking that smoothie at E-Life, he's trying to figure out how can I save black people? If he's, if you, I mean, you see him selling something at E-Life, he's still thinking, how can I save black people? Yeah, I mean, so he's a hundred percent sincere. So sometimes what happens is when you're not a hundred percent sincere, you see somebody that is real, it's intimidating. And that that's not to say that Brother Genie is perfect, it's just that he's dedicated to this cause completely. And at that time, when he was younger, he would he comes through like a hurricane, wiping away everything in his path. And people fear that because they like this dude is actually serious. I'm kind of serious or I'm doing this to make money or whatever some people are doing. But that guy's serious. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times that that causes confusion when people know that you're sincere. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's be real. A lot of people. There's a lot of people in our community that aren't here, like Malcolm X, because people see that this guy's serious. He's a hundred percent committed to this stuff. 
You see what I'm saying? So, and that that's that, that's another thing that's been part of our community forever. So, um, back to the the issue at hand, and uh, what time is it? I'm gonna take this to about four. I thought I started late, but I'm not sure because I was kind of <laughs> uh, trying to get everything together late, you know. And um, I was going to use video, but then I re- I remembered, you know, y'all know I got a copyright strike. I'm going to redo that homophile video, but you know where you can find it. Um, in fact, I was originally this show was about to was supposed to be about the homophiles. But I was like, you know what? Let's deal with this issue, because, like I said, it was inspired by seeing that video, uh, the sister's video. Um, if you want to see those videos, uh, sister uh, um, Leela Wills, her, um, you can find her on YouTube, and you can see the, um, you can see the, uh, um, the interviews that she did with various people. And Sister Farnessa says, Sarnetta used to also like to use controversy and the lust for foolishness amongst black people to sell tickets. Yeah, no question. (laughs) Can't debate that. And Sister Micah says, facts. Okay, I, I missed the initial statement. Let me go back. It says, along with some of these characters being down low, it's a lot of rubbish going on behind the scene. Oh, um, yeah. I, like I said, you know, and I'm not saying anybody in general. I'm just in in particular. I'm saying in general, when you address certain issues, people who uh, secretly or openly are for those issues get offended. Now, you know, someone, someone somewhere, because I done named out a boatload of people. <laughs> someone somewhere may get offended and, and want to get this taken out. I, you know, I don't know, but these are the facts. These are what, these are the things that happened. I was there. And I'm just saying it from my perspective. And the re like, like, like I said, this is an issue that many people don't want to address because many people have questionable behavior in their closet. There's some, there's probably some brothers at 25 that would make a song called 17 in good because they were at the club and whatever, or in the hood. So when you address this issue, they start running for the hills. It's just a reality situation. And the weird thing is, at least when I was in school, uh, a senior would not mess with a freshman in high school. But a guy who has dropped out will mess with the same freshman and be the same 17-year-old dude. Or you see a 22-year-old dude dealing with a 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, I mean, like this is stuff. Now, again, this stuff I saw when I was in high school. That's a long, long time ago. 
or you have you know have sisters in school get pregnant and don't nobody know why who <laughs> you know say come find out because the person older than everybody in there like these are the things that happen in our community another thing this was probably three years ago i remember uh uh we had a new york chapter the brothers and sisters in new york that came upon a situation where um he was not a pastor but a church i believe he was a deacon in his church had um sexually violated his own daughter and the brothers and sisters went up there to the church in new york again not trying i promise you i'm not trying to make new york look bad because you know just so happened that that's where the, the center of where this stuff was going um you know he violated his his daughter and the church didn't really seem like they were going to do anything to people in the community started to come out and protesting um it's just like these is these are the things we see and the brothers and sisters were to address that so and unfortunately, this type of stuff happens every day. Brother, you got ripped off, says a young male rapper who wanted to be the next Little Wayne, which if he knew what Little Wayne went through, he wouldn't want to be the next Little Wayne, went from normal child to a disheveled young man after finally joining Cash Money. Um, <laughs> Talking to people in New Orleans, the sexual abuse issue in New Orleans is quite quite high and quite a problem. Um, and uh, brother, you got ripped off says he, his stage name is Little Chucky and he named allegations against baby as a rapist. Allegedly. Um, I mean, I've seen a, I've seen, I don't know if this is the same person, but I've seen um, a young man talk, make that allegation publicly that the way he got his deal, and this is, this could be a different person, was uh, he was um, violated by baby. That, I remember that was on the internet because I, I did a show, uh, guest appearance on, on hip hop, like homophilia and hip hop and hip hop. So, and this might be totally, this might even be a totally different person. That's, that's what's scary. What's scary is we might be talking about two different people. But I remember also with that, that um, they, I saw a video clip of a, um, a concert and one of the new orleans groups uh whoever whoever manny fresh is with and they were inviting they were inviting um people on stage to dance or twerk or whatever and then uh i think it was manny fresh was like what <laughs> He was like, yo, yo, hold up. What is all these dudes doing on the stage? And um, 
some of the other members were just like, wasn't nothing going on. And Manny Fresh was looking around like, hold up, bro. I want some some women to come up here and dance, not no dudes backing nothing up. And I saw a video clip like that, and I I just was sitting there like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's all I can say to that. So I mean, again, like we we talked about the music industry, it just it makes my head hurt thinking about it. The insanity of Hollywood, of, of uh, what whites, especially white women, have to endure, has become the to the music industry what young black men have to endure. And I remember I heard a, a video, and even though Pop wasn't um, underage, but. Um, he, I've heard I've heard this video. I haven't been able to find it anywhere where he alleges that Quincy Jones, in order for him to give his blessings to Pac to deal with Kidada, asked Quincy Jones asked Pac to sodomize him. I haven't been able to find that video anywhere. I heard it years ago. Like probably eight to ten years ago, haven't been able to find it. Like it just become one of those legendary things. And I realized I'm one of the few people that actually heard it. Many people heard about it, but now I heard it. I was like, yo. And I heard it, I was like in transit. So, you know. I, I wasn't able to grab it. But this is, you know, when we look at the entertainment world, that's what it is. And then this is the, the world that is affecting the minds of our people. And then we have our own internal issues. And our, our boys now are being violated at a rate of probably one out of two now. Our, our, our girls, three out of four. And then we look at our girls and wonder why they don't want to be girls. We look at our boys and wonder why they don't want to be boys. And nobody wants to say, hey, what's going on in these people's homes? What's going on in the community? And then the European comes and exploits that and by tells them, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be a little girl. And that opens up the doorway because if you tell a little boy he can be a little girl, the next thing that a grown man says is, well, well, this is what happens between a little uh, between a man and a woman. Don't you want to be grown? But in this case, don't you want to be grown like a woman instead of a boy? And then you have what you have. This paves the way for the European to exploit our children. And we don't want to resist and understand that pederasty is the order of European culture. Brother, you got ripped off, says that Negro males, I'm going to correct them, have become true mentors in the Greek original meaning, which is 
being pederast. So, brothers and sisters, I mean, this is, um, I know we got a lot going on. We have this pandemic. We got this economic situation where I believe they just ended the moratorium on um, evictions. We have um, all types of economic upheaval, financial upheaval for people personally. Um, We got a lot of stuff happening. You know, police murder still happening. Um, I mean, you name it, all the stuff we're going through. But with that being said, protecting our children from sexual violation has to remain at the top of the pyramid of our concerns or else everything that we do in our lifetime will be meaningless. Everything. Issue. Like we can't. If when you talk to people who have been sexually violated, their entire life has been altered in a negative way because of that violation. And uh, that boy tree says, "Yep, different person." I remember the video. Okay. That makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it worse as a different person, right? But I again not surprising. And so we have to find a way to organize to curtail this issue. And it, it's even harder now because we appear to be headed back to lockdown status. Um, and unfortunately, Fortunately, some children will be protected because they won't be put in the environments where they may have been violated. Unfortunately, many children will be completely unprotected because they'll be locked into an environment where the violation takes place. And um, that, I mean, it's, it, it magnifies the problem. Uh, brother, you got ripped off, says if you're finding the discussion constructive, then please Consider making a donation to the cause. The cash app is dollar sign DC radical one. I thank you for that, brother. You got ripped off. And brother, you got ripped off is speaking with his wallet and not just with his words. He has made a monthly donation for several months now. And uh, I greatly appreciate that, brother, for that. Um, When y'all see... We do the lectures and we have better video equipment and things like that. Um, It is to a significant degree due to the donations of brother, like brothers and sisters, like uh, brother, you got ripped off, uh, brother Dessaline, Sister Farnessa and others. So when y'all, when we, the times, the rare times where I do lectures, because I usually only do two or three a year now. Um, when you purchase those events, um, for me personally, it, it benefits me. And I usually just re, um, invest that with equipment and and things like that to make a better presentation, you know? So that's how that works. Anyway, really quick before I close out. 
You can follow me on Instagram at dc.radical, the numeral one, on Twitter at dc underscore radical underscore O-N-E. Again, the cash app, dollar sign DC Radical One. This is the YouTube, capital B, small c, Radical One. And the email is dc.radical underscore one at protonmail.com. And what I am going to do, so I need y'all to spread the word. I am going, when I reach the six, because I'm creeping up on 6,000 followers on Instagram. So when I reach the 6,000 follower mark on Instagram and the 500 follower, I mean, 500 subscriber mark here on YouTube and the 100 subscriber mark on otwtube.com, I'm going to have a book and video giveaway. And then when I reach the thousand subscriber mark here on YouTube, if I can reach this thousand subscriber mark without getting (laughs) the channel deleted, then I'll have another book and video giveaway. In fact, I'll have a bigger book and video giveaway. So if I'm, Y'all want to uh, y'all want to see this book and video giveaway happen? I need you to do some things. I need you to subscribe to this channel if you haven't. If you have, I need you to get other people to subscribe to the channel so that I can get up to one thousand. Brother, you got ripped off laughing like you'll be banned before then. It all depends on what I talk about. Readings of sister poetry, who shows up almost right before we close out. Um, and also go to OTW2, make your OTW2 account and follow me. And when you follow me, send me an email to let me know that you follow me so I can follow you back. Because sometimes I look um, and there's like two different levels of follow. There's like a friend and then there's like a subscriber. And sometimes y'all do one and not the other. And so it, it can get confusing. And for those that don't know, OTW2 is uh, our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby's platform where we can speak freely and make videos freely without being worried about, um, you know, being deleted. So, like I said, that giveaway is going to happen when I get to 6,000 Instagram followers, 500 YouTube subscribers and 100 OTW tube followers, which means if you haven't made an OTW tube account, what are you waiting for? I mean, really, what are you waiting for? Doesn't cost you anything, it's free, right? Wonderful producer, let them know it's free. And if you wanna follow me on OTW tube, it's simply DC Radical One, one word, all capitals. So before we get off here, what we're going to do again is we're going to re-announce. We're going to re-announce our seventh annual Straight Black Pride Convention, the return of the Black Man. It featuring Brother Mike Graves, Baba Ogatunji Mwaba, Brother Louis Ali, and the one and only Darren Muhammad. That will be Saturday, August 21st, 2021 at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Tickets are $25 via Eventbrite, $35 at the door. Uh, we'll be at Everlasting Life Cafe, 9185 Central Avenue, Capitol Heights, Maryland, 20743. The Eventbrite information is 7th Annual SBPM Convention. That's the keyword that will take you there. And if you look at some of my videos, they will have the link for tickets there. Um, and also, don't forget, tomorrow, and I may move up the time of the video, but if you subscribe, you'll see it. Tomorrow, I have another video that will be posting here on um, the DC Radical One YouTube channel. And the goal is to try to post 30 videos. Oh, wait a minute. They're 31 days. 31 days in August. All right. The goal is to post 31 videos in the month of August. Sometimes there'll be two a day. Sometimes there won't be one in a day and there'll be two the other day. But the goal is to post 31 videos in the month of August here on the YouTube page in order to um see if that helps increase the reach of the channel and also the un well not unedited not the word the unfiltered version of certain videos there'll be exclusive content on the otwt page so there'll be some videos in fact there are already some videos on the otwt page that you won't see on youtube because you can't see on youtube uh, dealing with various things. So be sure to go over there, check it out, see what's going on. Um, you might see something you like. If you don't see anything you like from me, you might see something you like from someone else. But there's always stuff being there. Um, and the the content is growing because the subscriber count is growing. And the more that grows and the bigger it is, then uh, more we can have more free speech because free speech is becoming a major issue and that's something i'll talk about in, in september I'm, I'm i'm doing i'm working on something for september i'm working on something for three weeks from now but i'm working on something for september too and uh i'll let y'all know that you know next sunday or again because i think i addressed it so with that, brothers and sisters, I thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like. Please hit the like button because I don't know who hit the like button and who didn't. Hit the like button. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Please go to OTW2. Join OTW2 as well. If you're not following me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter as well, although I'm not as active there. And again, 7th Annual Straight Black Pride Convention is upcoming. It's going to be a fantastic event. Also, live stream will be available. I will have the information for that next week. I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate you all for the donations. I appreciate you all for the support on the various social media. And Brother Jenny, he appreciates uh, you all who have supported him for a long time. And we have to deal with this sexual abuse in the black community one way or another. We got to do something about it. So with that, brothers and sisters, I say a BB for ODA and straight black pride. Look it up.
flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.